In this episode, we chat to Jamie Howes, who is the founder of G1 Media, specialising in videos for trainers, owners and syndicates. We find out how the racehorse Thundering Blue was the catalyst for him starting up his business in horse racing. Jamie tells us how he borrowed his sister's camera and then Googled how to use the camera the night before taking his first racehorse pictures. Today we've got Jamie Howes, known as Trackside J on Twitter and also the founder of G1 Media. So hi Jamie, how are you? Hi Julie, I'm very well. Jolly good. Thanks for joining us today. So um, G1 Media, can you just tell us a little bit about that and what it is? Yeah, so basically G1 Media is um, sort of a platform for clients to create video content, websites, take pictures and stuff like that for for its clients. And um, it's something that I created about two years ago now. Right. And does it specialise in the horse racing industry? Uh, yeah, we um, sort of set out to just be horse racing industry based, but um, we have done work for sort of uh, different aspects of sport, but horse racing is where we're sort of focusing at the moment, yeah. Did you intentionally go out to uh, concentrate on the horse racing industry because of the love of horse racing, or was that something that just happened uh, due to the work that you do? Um, yeah, I think because I've always had an interest in horse racing from a young age, I think when I sort of set out to start G1 Media, working in horse racing was always going to be the main focus just because of, you know, I've, I've been watching it since I was a kid and, you know, um, being on Twitter and social media, I'd sort of knew, I knew people anyway in the industry. So for me to make the transition into, you know, starting a business and actually making some money out of it, going into the horse racing industry was sort of that the easiest step and you said that it started um your interest in horse racing started at a very young age how how comes is is your family involved in horse racing uh, no they're not actually um it's just like most people you know you on the weekend you just go up your granddad's and you sit there watching racing as a young boy and that's how it sort of started with me um i wouldn't say i, I love racing from a young age but I, I certainly liked it uh, you know, just being out there every weekend, watching it with my dad, my uncle, my granddad. And it just sort of came like a, a habit, really. You know, you just sort of, that's what you did on a Saturday. And um, it sort of just went from there. And then I went, I went in uh, like a, for a period of, say, about five years where I didn't really watch much racing because um, of obviously work and stuff like that. And, and then it just sort of, the fire just sort of sparked back up and it just went from there for about six years ago, I suppose. And did they take you to the races when you were young? Um, I only went once racing uh, with my dad. We went to Plumpton, I think it was on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, so we only went once as a family. But actually, no, we went twice. We went to Great Yarmouth as well um, when we was on holiday, but um, we didn't go much. So your your main passion was just because of what you saw on uh, television? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, Growing up as a kid, and you like the battles between um, High Chaparral and Hawkwing, and seeing horses like Rocco Gibraltar, they sort of just they just sparked an interest in the racing in in racing for me because you know I don't know it just it was just completely different to what other sports were offering, and you know you see these animals competing on a weekly basis, and you know my dad would always let me have a little bet every weekend, and it sort of just I don't know it just sort of went from there and. Yeah, like seeing just horses, you know, every week over the jumps and over the flat. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just interesting for me. 
So as, as you got older, when, when did you go to, um, as an adult, uh, to your first race as an adult? Um, I think it was Epsom in 2017, I want to say. I'm not too sure, um, but I was invited down um, by a trainer to um, see one of the horses I, I really liked run. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, I was at the pretty much the first meeting I went to as an adult was with an owner's badge. So that was that was pretty surreal. Well, that is amazing. That's brilliant. Yeah. And had yeah. you started G One Media then? Uh, no, I didn't know. Um, I had no idea that I wanted to even start a company back then. Uh, but it sort of just that's how it's that's pretty much how it started. Um, there's a story between me and the trainer who invited me down and you know the story behind that was the reason I started G1 Media. Right okay and can you just tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah so um, my dad had a major heart attack um, and he he was in hospital and I went to go visit him and he said to me look I, I really want to watch some racing so I got my phone out and the next race off was at Linkfield and we went down the runners and there was a horse called Thundering Blue uh, running and because we're Chelsea fans we sort of looked at each other and thought oh well you know because he's got blue in his name we'll have a bet on him so we put a little bet on him and he ran really well and I uh, said to my dad we'll follow him for the rest of his career now you know we'll just that'll be our horse sort of thing and um, he ended up being really good and um, he won a few races after that Lingfield run and I got in contact with the trainer and um, one day out of the blue he just invited me down to watch the horse race to Epsom at the start of the season and that's the first time I met the trainer as well. So it was the first sort of owner's badge I had. First time I've ever met a trainer. And me and the trainer become really good friends. I still do work for him now. I actually saw him on Tuesday. But um, so that's how it sort of sparked. And the horse became really good. And I, I went, I started going to his yard sort of every month. And I suddenly had a camera that I borrowed off my sister. And I was taking pictures of the horses coming up. And I just really enjoyed it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and do a business out of this and sort of see if I can actually do this for a living. I just gave it a go and that's how it started, really. Wow, that's great. That's lovely. That is, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, a few people have uh, said to me that um, they, they find that the racing industry is really open and uh, welcoming. So have you found that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the places I've been to... Um, they've all been so lovely and I've, I've been at different yards all over the country. I've been to different racetracks all over the country now and everyone's just so nice. You know, I think the, before I had a company in, in racing, I, I'd sort of had like a, I sort of thought of racing as sort of like an elitist sport where, you know, you can only go there if you're sort of rich, you know, and, but it's, it's completely opposite to that. Now, like every time I go to a yard, everyone's so nice. Do you want a tea? Do you want, you know, do you want some breakfast? It's just, you know, it's just a nice place to be around, and everyone's so welcoming, and I don't find sort of any problem with it at all. Yeah, that's nice. And what would be a typical working day for you, Jamie? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, last year was a bit difficult, a bit different to what it has been, but um, normally I'd, I'd be at. I'd be at a yard or I'd be um, at a racetrack. It all depends on who's booked in what, you know. Um, some days I could be sitting at home doing stuff on my computer for clients and the next the next day I could be at a yard at six in the morning taking pictures or doing videos. It all, it all really depends on what's sort of going on and who's booked in what, you know. Yeah. 
I suppose that's quite uh, challenging as well, getting up so early to be somewhere for 6am in the morning. Yeah, sometimes it can be a bit of a nightmare, but, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the perks of what I do. I sort of just have to get on with it. I mean, I'm the one who signed up for it, so I'm not going to really sort of moan if I have to get up early and be somewhere no. north of the country at seven in the morning, you know. <laughs> and prior to COVID then, was there a lot of travelling involved? Yeah, there was, to be fair. Um, I'd say about 60% of my work would, would have been up north and, you know, travelling from London. It it got to the point where I was travelling up north probably maybe twice a week, you know, just to sort of go up there, see the clients and do the work for them. But it's not something that I didn't like. I, I quite enjoyed it because it was, I've, I've not really been up north much prior to having a business. So going up north and seeing meeting new people and sort of expanding in that sense was was something that I enjoyed but obviously last year I didn't do it much so um hopefully um, by the you know middle of this year then we'll be able to be back back to normal and hopefully know, fingers yeah. crossed we're all, we're all praying we're all living in hope oh uh, yeah that's it so are you based in London then yeah um I live in south southwest London at the minute yeah it's been it's been bad in London hasn't it um, yeah, it's not been great. No, no, not at all. So what are your plans then once we all come through this pandemic? Well, I'm, I'd, I'd love to sort of pick off, pick up where I left off. I mean, I had a lot of things in the pipeline. I, you know, things that included doing work abroad and, um, you know, working sort of full time with the stuff that I had planned in. So I'm hoping that I can sort of pick off a pick up where that all sort of ended Um probably March last year so yeah. you know that's that's what I'm hoping for but you know if, if it's not 100% where we left off then I'll just have to sort of you know make do with what what's there you know. So had the um, uh, horse racing uh, taken you and G1 Media abroad then for assignments? Um, not at the moment no we've um, we had a lot of plans for um, stuff this I think it was South Africa um, and uh like Canada, Japan, um, but that's, that's not planned in now until 2022. So um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that that will go through because that will just be, you know, probably one of the best things I'll ever do. So I'm really hoping that we can uh, all get back yeah. to normal and we can go ahead with that because that would be great. I was just about to say to you, what is your dream assignment? So, I mean, literally, it'd probably be just like to fulfil what's in the pipeline yeah, that's it. I mean, if, if I can sort of get the work that I had planned in with a certain, certain amount of clients, then you know, I'd be I'd be totally happy with that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want any more. You know, I'm completely grateful for the opportunities that I've been given over the last year and a half. So, um, you know, anything that was in the pipeline that we had planned, if that can go ahead, then then that'd be fantastic. Yeah. So when you said that you literally picked up a camera and uh, decided to uh, uh, give it a try, uh, had you had any experience before? Uh, no, I didn't have any. Um, I, I've always sort of um, edited videos um, from a young age. I used to edit videos um, like on video games and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd had a lot of experience video editing, which is um, a lot of what my uh, content is based around. But um, when I went to the yard for the first time, I borrowed my sister's camera. I didn't have any idea how to use it. So I was, I was on Google the night before <laughs> trying to work out how to use this camera. And um, 
So I got to the yard, I was taking pictures. I had no idea what I was doing. And the, the pictures were rubbish as well. But when I got home, I sort of told myself, you know, I really, really enjoyed that. And um, I ended up buying my own camera and buying my own sort of equipment and microphone. And and then one of the clients that I was sort of close to at the time, he he wanted me to do work for him and video content. So when I all out north and that was the first time I ever filmed anything for him. And, you know, it just sort of spiraled from there. And I just got better and better and better as you as you do it. And, you know, I'd like to sort of put myself in a bracket of being all right at what I do, you know. I mean, how long did it take you to self-train yourself? Um, I'd say a couple of months, uh, just to sort of, cause you know, being, when you're, when you're on site and you're, uh, doing a job, something can go wrong and you don't really know how to fix it if you've not got the experience, you know, like if there's too much sun or, you know, if there's fog and stuff like that. So for me, it was sort of just learning on the spot and I didn't really know how to sort of get over problems at the start. And, but when I sort of, sort of recognized the problem and then learned from it, the next time it happened, I knew what to do. So I'd say about, yeah, between two and three months, it took me to just learn how to actually get it properly set up and, you know, produce a bit of decent content. And did it take you long then to start getting paid for what you do? Um, no, I, I actually got paid straight away for, for the stuff. That, I mean, the photography um, at the start was sort of, I was doing it out of just because I was enjoying it. Um, and then, but then that turned into a sort of paid work for that trainer because I used to, I started updating his website of all the new pitches and stuff like that. Um, but all the video stuff, yeah, I, I got paid pretty much straight away for that. That's brilliant. Yeah, and what's, was... what's been a great moment for you, Jamie? Sort of like in in your working life so far. Oh, that's a good question, really. I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't sort of pinpoint one uh, one thing that happened that's been great. But I mean, when uh, Royal Ascot, not last year, the year before, we was I was invited there as an owner for one of the group ones for Lawrence. And um, you know, being in the being in the parade ring at Royal Ascot for a group one, that was like a dream come true, really, because I thought that it'd be never be possible for someone like me to be in, you know, in that space. But you know, that was pretty surreal. And I think last year, my favorite moment was when Wonderful Tonight won. Phillies and Mares at, at Ascot at the end of the season um, just because I'd been taking her picture since she was a two-year-old and to see her sort of progress as as the years went on and then she won a group one in France and then two weeks later she won at Royal Ascot a group one and I mean that was pretty special for me just because I'd I'd see the filly pretty much every every other week so that was nice. Royal Ascot's beautiful as well. Oh uh, yeah it was it was probably the best couple of days I've ever had especially at a race course. What days did you go on? Um, it was the first two days. Ah, raining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I remember it raining, but um, no, look, I mean, rain or sun is Royal Ascot, you know. I know. I was there and it, I, I just remember it was really, really wet. But yeah. you still have fun, didn't you? Yeah, I spilled champagne over everyone after the race, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was an accident. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So, um, you're on Twitter as Trackside J, and you also have the account for G1 Media. So, yeah. are, are your posts different for each account? Yeah, they are. I mean, my G1 Media 
um, account. I don't really update it much. I know that I should, but I just sort of use that as sort of a platform just to retweet the content that my clients put up that I've done. Um, I don't really post much from that account as a sort of separate tweets, but my my main account tracks like Jay's account where I just update stuff and, you know, I try and keep it different to what other people are doing. I try and keep it entertaining and, you know, I, I don't, I sort of update every other day, but, you know, sometimes I can especially on the weekend when there's some decent racing trackside jay is it all about horse racing or do we have some little snippets about you and your personal life etc on there as well um it's i'd say 95 percent horse racing but you know the other five percent i actually I, I do post some personal stuff sometimes um you know like you know if someone's passed away or you know i recently got engaged in december um you know so stuff like that you just sort of you know, I post it on there just because yeah. people, so I don't people, know, people just seem to enjoy what I do. <laughs> I don't know why. I was going to say, so people can find out the real you. Yeah. And are you anywhere else on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram, but I don't really use Instagram much. Um, I just find Twitter is just the best place to be for all the content I want to put out, you know. Right. Okay. So you, you are on Instagram. That's quite... Um, uh, surprising actually because usually when you speak to uh, co uh content creators like photographers and videographers um they love instagram but twitter's the one for you yeah i don't really like instagram i i get bored on there really quickly and you know i just i don't know I, it's not my thing but twitter's twitter's where my main sort of audience is and um you know i've always sort of posted to twitter so it's just yeah. uh very you know, my go-to very chatty on twitter isn't it yeah, nice. No, sometimes it can be a bit of a nightmare, but you know, from my experience, it's not nine times out of ten, it's a decent place to sort of view your opinion and put up stuff that you've maybe created. And you know, I get a good reaction on Twitter, so I, I just sort of stick to that. Network with other people. Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, do you have a favourite race course? Um, yeah, I do actually. Uh, York is my favourite race course. I, I it's close with Kempton actually. I really like Kempton on a on a wet winter's day on your weather I, I don't know why it's just nice and sort of quiet so you get to two ends of the spectrum with them too you get York that's you know hustling and bustling and you get Kempton on a Wednesday to sort of you know a couple of people walking around but I really like both I mean York's York's absolutely beautiful and you know I was I was there last for the Ebor not last year the year before and I was in a box with the ITV team and yeah it was just it was just a it's a class class event York you know Mm, I've never been to York and I've always wanted to go to the Ebor Festival. So you highly recommend it, yes? Oh, yes, yeah, brilliant. The Ebor Festival. Yeah, it's probably one of my favourite sort of couple of days over the flat season, the Ebor Festival. It's, it's just brilliant. And York is a beautiful place anyway, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so lovely up there. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Jamie. Thank you so much. No, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and good luck. And hopefully once this uh, pandemic finishes and we all go back to normal, um, G1 Media will be uh, full throttle and uh, very, very busy again. Oh, that would be lovely. Thanks very much, Julie.